0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Okay, well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Uh, We've been looking at this through the month of January. This is the last week, so New Year's Day and then the middle of January. And then this week, we've been looking at this passage of Scripture, God's will for your life. God's will for your life. These the three keys to God's will. Number one, rejoice always. Number two, pray without ceasing. Number three, give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So often we wonder what God's specific will is for our life. But in fact, God says, here is my revealed will for your life. It is to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in every circumstance. And on New Year's Day, we looked at giving thanks. We looked at the fact that, and you might say, Bron, why did you why did you go to the third one first? Well, it's really easy to make resolutions on New Year's Day. Yeah, right. I'm just going to stop and look as well. Like literally, no one is looking at me, so we may as well all look. If you're online, Lucky had to fix the projector with a pool noodle. Uh, thank you, Lockie. Can we give Lockie a hand? <laughs> Bit too enthusiastic down the front here. Um, oh, that no, was you, Amy. That's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, In jokes. Okay, great. Keep going. What about God's specific will for my... Oh, Lachlan. (laughs) Okay. That could take forever. So, all right. Everybody, you can look at that. I'll give you permission. Now it's my will that you've done that rather than you just being distracted. God's specific will for your life is important... But if we're not pursuing the revealed will that He has given us for our lives, then the specific will that He has for us is um, like, what is the power? What is the weight behind that? I want you to think about that for a second. If you're not pursuing God's revealed will, why would He entrust you with His specific will? Because His specific will is all about you. But his revealed will is all about you and others. So thinking about that, we did give thanks first. It's easy to make resolutions on New Year's Day, but it's often harder to reflect over the year that's been. And in the midst of what might be incredible hardship of the year that's been, to actually give thanks for it regardless because God's been working in it no matter what. And then we did gratitude 201 that actually we're not just giving thanks for things, we're giving thanks to God because James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from God the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. And then we looked at gratitude 301 which is an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, all the things in all the ways for all the people all the time. Uh, Gratitude 301 because Ephesians 5.20 says, in every circumstance give thanks for this is the will of God. It says, it doesn't say that in that passage. It says, um, and pray for all believers. We give thanks. We give thanks for all believers as well. And if we're wondering why just believers, then 1 Timothy 2.1 says, pray for all people all the time giving thanks for them. Gratitude 401 is where gratitude becomes our dwelling place. Where actually we live in a state of gratitude. That's just like where I want to live. And then we looked at praying without ceasing in the middle of Jan. I preached that message five times. Um, I have to say I bore my brains out every time and it was a little bit embarrassing in Armadale last week because it was like full ball. Like it wasn't just, you know, I'd like lost a little bit of composure here, but I didn't know. So like it got awkward. It was a long time before I could regain my composure online. You saw it as well. It was just like, it, it was real. They were really good tears. They were really joyful tears, but I just did cry. And, uh, and, and we talked about praying without ceasing, that prayer 101 was pray when prompted. We talked about prayer 201, that finding a designated space and a designated place and designated seasons of prayer. And it was super cool because all across our locations where I preach that message, people text me photos of their prayer chair. Hey Brian, look, I've set up my prayer chair. Here we go. So I encourage you to keep going with that. Um, where we actually just take 15 minutes a day until Jesus comes back to spend time with him. Prayer 301 was where you might be a last resorter, where prayer is for you is a last resort, but you're becoming a first responder, where your first response is actually prayer, where you give thanks as a response for things, but then you also pray, you get proactive and go after it and pray for things as well. And then prayer 401 is prayer is life, living in that kingdom reality where you're like Nath Boyce on the mower and you're doing what may seem like a very earthly task, but at the same time he has Stephen Furtick in podcast on his ears so while he's doing this he's got another reality going on inside his ears and that is the way that we can live when we pray without ceasing we're living this life but also there's another thing going on not that we've got voices in our head but actually that we just love Jesus and we're in his presence all the time that is prayer 401 so here we go rejoice always rejoice always we're going to follow the same pattern of 101 201 301 401 I'm determined, we're talking about rejoicing, there's going to be no crying this morning. Bellsie rang, she said, what are you preaching on, Mum? And I said, oh, rejoicing. I said, "Bells, all I want to do is not cry this morning. I feel like Dan Moore would just say, she cries every time. <laughs> and I'll tell you later what she said, Dan. Um, but number one, Rejoice 101, it's your choice to rejoice. It's your choice to Rejoice. Now, what it, we rejoice, you know, always, we're familiar with that term, always, that's normal. Rejoice, maybe not a word we use that much today. It simply means to be glad, to be joyful. And I may have lost you right there because glad people annoy you. And people that are joyful all the time, you're just hanging out to be old and sit in a veranda and smoke a pipe and have a stick and talk about the youth of today and whack any cat that walks past. That may be your goal in life. It's just to be that person. You're like, yes, I can't wait till I've got, I'm old enough to have a mission to do that. Jaz and, and I, on Frank's recommendation, went and saw a movie called A Man Called Otto. And uh, this, it's a great movie. But this man was done with life and it reflected in all his actions and his mannerisms and the way that he spoke. And I texted Frank and said, Frank, did my dad and Lee Martin have a baby and call him Otto? It was like, just some of the mannerisms. And, and you may have appropriated that picture of the old person on the veranda. You may have thought, oh, that reminds me of my granddad or my grandma. Or you may have thought, that reminds me of who I'm going to be married to in 30 years. Or, or it may have made you think um, of your year five teacher, Mrs Scott. Or it may have made you think of a boss that you've had. We kind of think of that cranky person, yet Lee Martin and my dad are full of joy. So rejoicing has a whole lot less to do with temperament or personality or mannerisms or the hand that you were dealt with in life or your upbringing and a whole lot more to do with something that is more powerful than any of that. So we're gonna talk about that this morning. We're gonna talk about it in terms of the triad of God's will. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing and give thanks in every circumstance. Now, it's your choice to rejoice. It's your choice to rejoice. Uh, Who loves talking about emotions? Like you just love it, like you can talk about emotions all day, all the feelers in the room, yes, okay. Like you're like, you go deep in there and I think that came from when I was a child because this happened to me and you're all about it, you get amongst it and and, you know, that's totally fine And, and you might find, you know, there's a whole lot that kind of suggests that our new generation are a lot more aware of all of that. And, you know, that's a real blessing. That's such a good thing. There's a lot of study that says that you should welcome your emotions as information. But, you know, I'm kind of on the cusp of the millennials born in 1981. And and I kind of didn't grow up with that so much. And so when my daughter Bells came at Christmas, Isabella came home, you know, when she was at our church, when she was four years old, she'd greet people at the door, knew everyone by name. And she grew up being very well known. But at Christmas time, we had 37 people at our house this year. And she came to me because now she largely lives alone. She's in a large church where she's not the pastor's daughter. She's got a small social circle of friends. And she came to me at Christmas and said, Mom, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I was like, Oh, darling. Well, just choose not to be. And she was like, What? She turned to her uncle who has a doctorate in psychology and said, do you want her to work with you? Would she help you? And uh, But I was like, well, Bill, you're either going to go to your room and have FOMO, fear of missing out, or you're going to stay out here and just get over yourself. And she's like, "Thank you, thanks a lot, Mum. Now, I know I probably should have held her face and said, think of five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can smell, whatever, and all the brilliant strategies that there are out there. I should have done that, but that's not the way I was raised. And, And the reason is, is that I went to my friend's house who had six kids in their family and if they started chucking a wobbly or chucking a sook or whatever their mum would look at them with a stare that would put the fear of God into them and she would say get happy and and I was like that's an excellent strategy and so is that what Paul's talking about is he so hard approached as to do that as well is he like just get over yourself just get happy What's he talking about? No, I believe when he says rejoice, when he's giving us a choice, he's giving us the empowerment of a choice. He's saying you do not need to be dictated to by your temperament, your personality, your circumstance or the hand you were dealt with. You have the ability to choose. And the narrative of Scripture is always that God says, hey, I put before you a choice. I'll give you a tip. Choose life choose life. That's your best one. You've got life and death, choose life. We don't always do it. We don't always choose it but He empowers us with that choice. He doesn't want robots, He wants relationship and you might say, well Bron, He gave us that choice and He knew what we were going to do and to which He would say, yes I absolutely did and that's why I paid for it. That's why I sent my only son to pay for the choice that I knew that you would make to have you in relationship with me. He said, I will empower you with choice. And when Paul says rejoice always, he is giving us the choice to take a hold of that. It is your choice to rejoice. Now, Philippians 4, verse four to six, we've been reading this passage alongside our Thessalonian scripture. And it says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We can see it right there, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. Now, this is a very applicable principle. We can apply this principle of choosing to rejoice. In fact, there's a movement called the Glad Game. Is anyone familiar with the Glad Game? Anytime, thank you, Nancy starts. The, literally, the only person I've ever mentioned the Glad Game to say something. Let's let's throw this clip up, and you'll be you'll thank me later. The. He sure sermonizes something fierce, doesn't he? Brimstone and damnation on top of ham and eggs. The one day a week we have off. I hate Sundays. Ooh, I just hate them. Breakfast still a hot ball in our stomachs and him chewing our ears off from that pulpit. We gotta have roast chicken, though. I'm glad of that. Are you gonna start that all over again? Glad this, glad that? What is all this glad business you talk about? Oh... Just a game I play. What kind of a game? game my father taught me. Helps sometimes. Helps what? When things aren't going so well. That, Reverend. Away from the peas. Folks just hate the coming of Sunday because of him. Do you know why I hate Sunday? Because it means the starting of another week. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's when you can play the glad game. Here it comes. Miss Goody Two-Shoes is going to find something about Sunday to be glad about. Oh, lay off her, Angie. Oh, stop it. If you knew how to play the game, then you could find something to be glad about, too. But you don't. Huh? All right, Miss Smarty Pants. What's so good about Sunday? Well, there's always something. Uh. You'll be glad because... Well, because what? Because it will be six whole days before Sunday comes around again, huh? Oh, Pollyanna, that's how I feel every Sunday night. (laughs) No, really, I love Sundays. Um, this glad game where you choose to be glad, no matter what the circumstance has been. there 's been TED Talks about it, there 's been a movement on it, there 's been blogs written about it, and it be, simply because anyone can do it. Psychologists say, yeah, it 's important to listen to your emotions, but then if you can find the goodness in every circumstance, that 's better for you. That one, anyone can do. great, that 's what anyone can do. This next step, only those who have put their faith in Jesus and decided to go His way and not their own can do this next step, and the steps thereafter. So Rejoice 101, it's your choice to rejoice. But Rejoice 201 is to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You can't do that unless you know a relationship with Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. We sing a song, um, I saw Satan fall like lightning, I saw darkness run for cover, but the miracle that I just can't get over is my name is written in heaven. And it's based off Luke ten, verse 17, where it says, When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall like heaven from I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice, because your names are registered in heaven. And if you've put your trust in Jesus, that is yours to rejoice in. James Murphy says, they should rejoice that they have such a Saviour. Every, people everywhere have felt the need of a Saviour. And to us, it should be a subject of unfeigned joy that one has been provided for us. When we think of our sins, The past, we may now rejoice that there is one who can deliver deliver us from them. When we think of the worth of the soul, we may rejoice that there is one who can save it from death. When we think of our danger, we can rejoice that there is one who can rescue us from all peril and bring us to a world where we shall forever be safe." one of the things that we say around here when we give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus, we say that following Jesus means that you have peace between your relationship, between you and God, that you have the power to live this life and that you have a promise for all eternity. And that means that no matter what circumstance comes against you, you have a reason to sing. You have a reason for joy. Uh, If you wanna go to slide 13, Lockie, Isaiah Chapter 12 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, He Himself, is my strength in my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Psalm 32, verse 1 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. If you have decided to follow Jesus, your past, present, and future sins are taken care of because He died once for all time, and you can have joy that your life is at peace with Him. (laughs) Rejoice 101, it's your choice to rejoice. Pick up the bucket. Rejoice 201, rejoice in the Lord, draw with joy from the well of salvation. Draw with joy from the well of salvation. I pray for a friend every day and that's my prayer for her, is that she would draw with joy. She's saved, I want her to draw with joy from the well of salvation. Sometimes we feel saved and then we feel glum, but God wants us to draw with joy From the well of salvation. So, Rejoice 101, it's your choice to rejoice. Rejoice 201, draw with well from the joy, rejoice in the Lord. And Rejoice 301, dig a deeper well. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, that's the past, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us, that's the present. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward, the future, to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too, church, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. He gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the power to live the life that He wants us to live. God in us. We have great reason for joy. Matthew 5. God blesses you, when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. What should we do about it? Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. This is not saying that we need to be like, you know, I know that some of us think that really glad people are really annoying. It doesn't mean that we have to be all ha 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 But we can be, just have this deep well of joy within us that we operate out of. Let's go down to slide 24, Loco. It says in James 1, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What, James? (laughs) Why? For you know that when your faith is is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. We get the chance to grow. Rejoice 301, dig deep wells. Rather than when hardships come to start to get sunk into that circumstance, step up out of the circumstance and look at it objectively and draw with joy. Dig a deeper well. Keep on going. Keep on going. You know, this is what the men in my life 100% know. They're always heading into the gym and they come out and they're all sore. Gains, am I right? Um, they, they, they're like, you know, because their muscles have torn. Mikey spoke about it the other week. Their muscles have torn. They're growing. And that's what happens. Doesn't really, I don't relate to that at all. But what I do relate to is every time Lockie has a, um, a football setback or a knockback or something like that, like, um, Belle and I and Katie will go, get out the camera, quick, get out the camera. This is going to be great for the Netflix doco. Because we're like, when you're Captain of the Bulldogs, Lockie, this knockback is going to be a great plot point in the story. We need to capture it. And it's simply that every great story needs hardship. Every great story needs trials to overcome, needs temptations to be resisted, needs tests to be passed. And we have great joy when we face those things because they're forming in us the endurance that we need. Rejoice 301, dig deep wells through the hardships. And then Rejoice 401, sink a bore. Sink a bore. Who knows what a bore is? Great. Sink a ball, just keep going, keep going, keep going, going, until you hit the reservoir, the basin of water that has a constant supply of water for you. We talked before about being filled with the Holy Spirit who fills us with His love. Ephesians talks about that we continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in you. When you sink a ball, you keep that lifeline, you keep connected to the vine in Christ. You keep going and you're filled with His love no matter what. So what does it look like? Well, Rejoice 401 looks like rejoice like it's already happened. Rejoice like it's already happened. Oh, that takes faith. It takes faith. It takes His supernatural power at work in us. But we don't look at what we see. We look at what He says. And if you need to, you just go into the Word And you find the promises that will give you the strength that you need to rejoice like it's already happened. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Filled with his Holy Spirit, and we access that joy through the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 when the gathered congregation, when the gathered assembly are thinking, oh, hey, what are we gonna do? Maybe, you know, we need to go fast. And Nehemiah's like, no, feast, we're gonna have a party. We're going to rejoice like it's already happened because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm 4, oh, I won't worry. I'll go down to Romans 8. I've got these alarms that go off in my phone because I need His Word more than ever. And so I'm like, well, in order to rejoice like it's already happened, I need my faith to be continually built. So at 8 o'clock, my alarm goes off and I say, Lord... Does following you mean that we don't have hardships or troubles or anything like that? No, it just means that overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. At at nine o'clock, the alarm goes off and I say, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I fear? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come and devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. My, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. And there I'll hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Oh, man. There I'll offer, at his sanctuary, I'll offer sacrifices with shouts of joy and singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I'm coming, Lord. Oh man. Do not turn your back on me now. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Do not abandon me now, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Oh God, teach me how to live, O Lord, and lead me along your paths of righteousness. Mighty God, <laughs> You do, my enemies always surround me. Do not let me fall into their hands for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten violence. But yet I'm confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous and wait patiently for the Lord. And then my alarm goes off at 10 o'clock and I say, look at my ring, which says Isaiah 54:17," and I might flick it over if I feel like I need to. And I say, but in that coming day declares the Lord, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That in fact, that you will silence every voice that is raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication comes from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then at 12 o'clock, my alarm goes off and I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me upon the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Um, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And then one o'clock, my alarm goes off and I say, I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord God of my salvation. He has clothed me with salvation. He's draped me with a robe of righteousness. Sometimes I do spit and stumble as I say all these things. He's draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom ready for his bride. I'm like a bride adorned with jewels. And at two o'clock I say, The Lord your God, the one who formed you says, I am with you, do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. Though you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Though you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Though you go through the fire, the fire will not burn you. The flames of oppression will not consume your eye. The Lord God has spoken. And then at two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, if I feel so inclined, a lady sends me a verse every single day, a dear friend, and I read that out loud. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Why? Because I need confidence in the joy of the Lord. Why? Because I can't rely on my circumstances to bring me joy. I can't rely on my upbringing to bring me joy. I can't even rely on my husband to bring me joy, though he brings me great joy. But I need the Lord to bring me joy. I need the Lord to bring me joy. So as we close, let's come to our feet. Let me read to you the words of Alexander McLaren. Rejoice in the Lord always, says Paul. That is a hard nut to crack. I can fancy a man saying, what is the use of giving me such exhortations as this? My gladness is largely a matter of temperament and I cannot rule my moods. My gladness is largely a matter of circumstance and I did not determine these. How vain it is to tell me when my heart is bleeding or beating like a sledgehammer to be glad. Yes, temperament has a great deal to do with joy and circumstances have a great deal to do with it, but it is not... But is it not the mission of the gospel to make us masters of temperament and independent of circumstances? Is not the possibility of living a life that has no dependence upon externals and that may persist permanently through all varieties of mood, the very gift that Christ himself has come to bestow upon us, bringing us into communion with himself and so making us lords of our own inward nature and of externals. So that though the fig tree shall not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, yet we may rejoice in the Lord and be glad in the God of our salvation. If a ship has plenty of water in its casks or tanks in its hold, it does not matter whether it is sailing through fresh water or salt. I don't know right now if you're sailing through fresh, cool water or the bitterness of salty water, but the Lord would have you rejoice. The Lord would have you rejoice. Not be bubbly, airy-fairy, but have a deep well of joy within you that bubbles up and says, I don't care. I don't care what happens at school tomorrow, George. I don't care who talks to me and how they talk to me. I'm going to have the joy of the God of my salvation throughout all this year. I don't care what's coming at me. I don't care what the news is about William Wayne. I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation because I know He has all things under control. I don't know what your circumstance is, but you can rejoice in the God of your salvation. So we're going to finish on a praise song today.